are overjoyed to present the European Patients Podcast and its special series in honor of EPF's 20th anniversary. Come along with us and key figures from EPF history on an exciting exploration into both the past and the future of our organization. My name is Slavia, I am the Communications Manager for EPF and your host on today's spot. years ago, EPF was established to give a voice to the patient community in Europe. To mark this momentous milestone, EPF is proud to present its special series of the European Patients Podcast. Join us on an exciting exploration into 20 years of EPF history with key figures who have shaped EPF throughout the years. Together, we will celebrate best practices and successes achieved by patients over the years and look ahead towards a bright future for patients across Europe. Joining us today is Marco Greco, president of EPF since 2014. Welcome Marco and thank you for being here with us. Thank you, thank you for inviting me. It's a great pleasure to be here with you today. Among your many activities and preoccupations and after years of working at the national level, you were chairman of the European Federation of Crohn's and Ulcerative Colitis Associations, EFCA, from 2008 to 2014. And also you were the founder of the EFCA Youth Group and its leader from 2003 until 2007. Recently, you've, you've been selected as patient representative to the EMA's management board for two three-year terms, the first from 2019 to 2021, and then reappointed in 2022. Considering your vast background in patient advocacy and patient involvement, what do you think, or what would you say EPF's biggest achievements or milestones are? And what about its most impactful contribution in the world of patient advocacy? So I would start with a, with a motto that we used in EPF for, uh, for many years, now that it was uh, raising the patient voice. So I would say the first milestone that EPF has achieved uh, in these first 20 years of its life is to have given to the patient community um, a voice. Uh, as um, every um, patient's group had his own voice, its own voice before, but uh, what APF managed to do was to, to give a different perspective to this voice, and so in the end to give the possibility to the uh, European patient movement in the wider sense to, to express itself, to, to have a voice and to channel of communication towards the institution. That was something that was felt as much needed 20 years ago, and I believe APF uh, has done a great job in, uh, in, in achieving this. The second thing is that uh, is a declination of the, of the first uh, milestone, and it is the fact that uh, for giving uh, to the patient movement a unique European voice or a strong European voice, we needed to engage in many projects and to, to work on an incredible number of dossiers. So, um, and our engagement in, in that field uh, became more and more uh, um, uh, specialized on the one hand, 
but on the other end also our engagement became uh, um, different in the angle and in the perspective so we have managed to become uh, and I'm very proud of it an essential part of the, of the discussion around healthcare in Europe so it's uh, it was not so common to have patients at the table at the discussion table or um, as a normal stakeholder to institution 20 years ago and now it has become somehow normal that doesn't mean that it has become easy but it is something that we start from and it is a tremendous milestone for those uh, of us that have been patient advocates for more than a decade it's something that uh, you can uh, uh, you can see and it's something that has which you can have a, a, a very strong perceptions. Um, undoubtedly, EPF has come very far in the last 20 years and a lot has changed in the last 20 years. Um, but what would, in your opinion, what are the biggest challenges the patient community is facing at the moment? The first one is probably the necessity of living, working uh, in a very Uh, in an environment that is changing with a very fast pace and it's uh, it's a huge difficulty because it's uh, everything and the, the settings are changing in a, in a tremendously fast way it's difficult to to have parameters and to, to have the possibility of making comparisons that is exciting on the other hand because uh, it allows you to to build on, uh, on in, a, in a more creative way to some extent but on the other end uh, you it's a bit like sometimes to uh, to walk on a on a very fine uh, line without uh, without a protection connected to the relevant dossier uh, there is a new healthcare legislation incoming uh, there is the health data space uh, the, the new mandate on shortages these are essential things so not only relevant but essentials but at the end of the day we are still uh, facing although maybe from different perspectives uh, also the very traditional battles uh, of, of patients so when it comes to accessibility uh, pricing uh, possibility to have the right therapy at the right moment at the right cost um, these are things that should be normal and they're still not so it tells us that uh, there is still a lot of, uh, of work to do in addition to that the research is evolving uh, in, a, in, a, in unpredictable ways this is a great um, opportunity from the perspective of finding cures but on the other side we are facing uh, Um, challenges that uh, maybe we were not expecting to, to face 20 years ago um, in a few years maybe in a few months it will be normal also to think about for example the challenges connected to the use of artificial intelligence in data mining you know and so it's 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 one of many possible examples that we we have there and in this ever-changing landscape let's say What do you think is uh, EPF's biggest strength? I would say people. The, the network that has been created around EPF, through EPF, with EPF, is the strength. 
we may disagree with other organizations on certain dossiers, we may disagree sometimes with our members, but uh, at the end of the day, we are a patient community that can express its voice through APF, and this is uh, unvaluable and so important that, I mean, it took years for uh, merging together, for creating this network, and this is uh, our best resource. But it will be this uh, fantastic resource only at one condition, if we keep on uh, reminding ourselves that uh, a network is done by people, so the persons that are in APF, the staff, the members, the, the members of the association that have joined APF, the board members, it's, uh, it's essential because I mean, uh, this work is made uh, essentially of passion. It requires a huge amount of professionalism because that's another thing that has changed over 20 years now. The, the volunteers, the voluntary work is, uh, is changing and uh, is now um, somehow paired with, uh, with professional work, with professional staffs and so on because the challenges has moved to a different level. But the, the overall passion that there is and there was at the beginning of this adventure is still there. It has to be preserved because it is what makes the, the heart of this organization keep on beating with the right piece. I'd, um, I'd like to ask you something uh, maybe more personal. Um, when it comes to patient advocacy, what's the best advice someone has given to you? And why was it helpful? You know, it's uh, it's funny because I was given this advice uh, today at lunch, <laughs> and uh, in a wider discussion. But basically, I think I can uh, make a sort of uh, short statement of it, and it is: um, choose your battles and then go for them. I mean, uh, knowing that you're working on the on the right side. Um, Working in patient advocacy means also to, unfortunately, accept a lot of frustration sometimes because a lot of our battles requires a lot of time. Uh, I used to say that very often patients uh, have the perception of things that are not working properly before the others, particularly when it comes to the functioning of healthcare systems. But it takes time, it takes years sometimes to be listened to then in the end, I've, I'm noticing that uh, if, you, if you keep on working, you will get the results. And things that we were uh, telling to, to the authorities 20 years ago, and they, they were received with skepticism, are now reality, are now things that we are working on on a normal basis. No? So it seemed impossible, for example, to have patients' representative working on regulatory issues or working with the European Medicine Agency. It's now the normality. Uh, so it's, uh, and I have thousands of examples there. So it's, um, to, to, to put it back to one sentence, uh, choose your battle and go for it. What, uh, not, not look at how, many, how, how long it will take before or later the, the patient community will succeed in, uh, in getting and speaking of things that have become reality and picking your uh, battle, how about we look for to the future? 
what trends do you foresee, let's say, for the next 10 or 20 years in patient advocacy and patient engagement in healthcare? And where do you think EPF will be in 10 or 20 years' time? I will start from the end. I'm expecting EPF, I'm expecting EPF to be on the front line because that is uh, the reason why this organization has been uh, created. So to to lead the, the, the discussion, to lead the peace, to, to dictate the, the agenda, not to, to follow. Mm, the challenges uh, may be unpredictable when it comes to mm, being very specific, but uh, when it comes to, let's say, the overall or the general message, we will have to face uh, in from a different uh, perspective maybe or with with a different approach uh, declination of problems that we have already worked on and that we know very well so the first I think it would be ethic under many different uh, points of view uh, ethic uh, in the in the work of the healthcare system ethic when it comes to to the development of new drugs ethic when it comes to the pricing of these new drugs and accessibility but also having in the way patients' organizations are working, are founded, and uh, are placed. And also the relations that they do have with the relevant stakeholders that are institutions and uh, uh, academia, industry, research. Um, access will be always uh, central. I think this will not change. Uh, despite we are having much more access than in the past, maybe this is uh, this may be an apparent, uh, only an apparent perception um, because we are living um, in a, in, a, in an era in a, in a period in which public-based healthcare system are under attack, and we need to to face this. Um, the answers that many governments are giving to these is to uh, push more and more investments uh, from the private sector and this will, uh, will, as this trend will continue because I fear we cannot stop it, then this will open new challenges when it comes to accessibility not only of dra on drugs but general in general accessibility to the healthcare system and the capacity of accessing it of having your therapies or having your diagnose uh, because you know sometimes we are focused on the safety of drugs but if you're not diagnosed on time you may have the best drug but it, it won't work on you or it will be too late for making this work on, on you Technology is going in a certain direction, it's going very fast and it's fascinating, but I mentioned this before, artificial intelligence will create issues when it comes to, to ethic, to mm, affordability also. Uh, data in general, no? Data is the most precious uh, uh, goods, uh, goods we have, so it needs to be protected, it needs to be also defended the concept that uh, patients' data are property of patients and needs to be uh, managed with patient consent. That, 
doesn't mean to have a signature on a piece of paper, but to explain what you're doing with this data and to use this data properly and also in an ethical way. Uh, putting together these things, uh, it comes to my mind also the, uh, the expression personalized medicine is there, it's, it will be there more and more uh, with, uh, with and it's very difficult to, to forecast now what will be the challenges around the, the, the personalized medicine uh, concept when it will become uh, the everyday reality. And I hope it will because it's, uh, it will mean a lot of hope for, uh, for many patients. In all these, uh, there is a, uh, a battle that is there that I hope this new technology, these new approaches, uh, this uh, new possibility will help us to, to win. And it is the one about antimicrobial resistance. I'm somehow and sometimes boring about it uh, when claiming that uh, this could be the next big emergency that we don't want to have and uh, that requires investments, uh, smart thinking and uh, the possibility of uh, working together in this also with patients. The final thing that I would like to see in the next 20 years, maybe 10, maybe 5, is uh, the patient role becoming more and more the normality. So patient engagement, patient centricity, uh, these are fantastic concepts. We have uh, studied them from every possible angles. It's now time to make them uh, the usual everyday reality because there are all the possibility for doing this. This will also allow us to become, to have more efficient healthcare systems systems that are more capable to react in the proper way also to the unmet needs of patients and to face them and to match them and overall it can be our chance to have more sustainable healthcare system an healthcare system is not sustainable if you cut cost is more sustainable if it works better thank you thank you for joining us today and thank you for this insightful conversation i look forward to having you again on the podcast thanks it would be my pleasure as we come to an end to this special podcast episode celebrating the 20th anniversary of epf we cannot help but feel inspired by the words of Marco Greco, EPF's president. From small beginnings to shaping European healthcare policy, EPF has truly made a difference. As we celebrate this milestone, let us be reminded of the importance of our collective impact in achieving a healthier Europe. Here's to the future of patient advocacy. so thankful to have you all tuning in with us today on the patients podcast here you can learn more about patient advocacy in europe we are the european patients forum the leading voice of patient organizations across the continent 
keep yourself in the loop of EPF updates by connecting with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and discover how much we've accomplished over the years. Thank you.